This is the Sergio Rodriguez Show. Welcome, everybody, to the Sergio Rodriguez Show, a show unlike any other. Today, week six recap of the NFL season. A fun week for most people. A bad week for the Sergio Rodriguez Show picks. You know, this was the worst I have ever done with picks and uh it's it's actually brought us to 500 on the season which i'm having a tough time dealing with right but the season is long and we promised money at the end of the year so we just gotta roll up our sleeves and break down the games this week a little better you know i'm still under the weather as you can probably still tell and uh you know it, 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 it's uh, it's rough around this time of the year, man. I hate being sick. Yesterday's show with the college coaches went well. I'm getting a lot of good feedback on the on the show, and a lot of informational pieces came from that. So I'm glad that it was able to help out some people. Yesterday's baseball. Before we get started with football, yesterday's baseball was just phenomenal continues to be why baseball baseball and playoff hockey to me in 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 major league sports and in professional sports is just the best boston had a chance to go up 3-1 yesterday had a chance to have a closeout game at home they're up 2-1 in the eighth when altuve hits the home run tied at two and then in the ninth they gave up seven runs after a questionable call by Laz Diaz on a one-two pitch to Jason Castro. Now, look, to be fair, Laz Diaz always stinks, and he was bad last night. Right? I saw a stat cast that said he missed about 19 or 20 pitches that were clearly in the strike zone. But he missed games throughout the entire he missed pitches throughout the entire game. So I don't want to hear the Red Sox fans complaining about that one pitch, but it, they just happened to give up seven runs after that, <laughs> you know. And and now the series is tied at two, going into today's five o'clock game. Frander Valdez, Framber Valdez, for the Astros versus Chris Sale, who has not been good since his return. Right? He, he actually, I think his first start, he was actually okay. So you don't know where this is going to go. You can expect another marathon of runs in this game and you know for the Red Sox they were essentially six outs away from having a closeout game at home at home the other series was in a similar situation Atlanta was a handful of outs also away from going up three nothing Three nothing in this in this series, and Bellinger with a monster three run homer to tie it, and then Betts double gave them the lead. Just a phenomenal, phenomenal comeback by the Dodgers and Atlanta. I mean, it had to be rough to go to bed last night, being a player on the Braves and definitely being a fan of the Braves. You had a shot to basically close this series out. I mean, I think it would have been over at 3-0. And now you let them get off the deck. And today, 
They have Urias going for them. And Atlanta has no clue who they're throwing. So baseball, MLB is happy because their season, their playoff season was saved. You could have had, you know, a two quick five game, a five game series and a sweep or something to that effect. And then you could have had an Atlanta Boston matchup, which whew, is gonna is gonna be tough to sell to the country from a rating standpoint. But this is our football show, and this is week six or a week or week six recap, week seven to look ahead. A couple of interesting games that I want to look forward to. And obviously, last week started all the buys for the teams that will continue this week. And we have more this week. I think there are six teams on a buy this week, including the 5-1 and one Dallas Cowboys, who continue to plug along and figure out ways with their offense to win games. But before we get started, Fairfield Physical Therapy. Fairfield Physical Therapy Center, located in the Fairfield Commons Suite G106, is owned and operated by Justin Solotov, who has over 20 years of experience in the field of orthopedic physical therapy. Call Justin at 973-276-1313 and stop living with pain and discomfort. Epic Car Service. Epic Car Service is recognized as the number one car service in New York City by medical transportation standards. Located in the Bronx, New York, Epic Car Service will make your commute a safe and comfortable experience. Call Epic at 718-401-3742 or 844-666-6278. Lucimer Auto Bodies, located at 27 Austin Street in Newark, provides top-of-the-line service to make your collision experience as smooth as possible. Go to lucimer.com or call them at 973-824-0113. Remember that Paul's also Paul also sells vehicles there for anyone who's struggling finding affordable vehicles during this time. We go to Tampa. Actually, we go to Philly on Thursday night where Tampa visited Philly 28 to 12. Tampa got the win. This game's the ultimate reason why gamblers keep coming back for more. 28-7 Tampa with five minutes left in the third. The Eagles scored two touchdowns to make it uh to make it 28-20 and then go for two. They go for two with three minutes left in the game. They scored and went for two. Why? For reasons known only to them, why they're not kicking the extra point and taking the push for everyone who bet Tampa. Instead, they go for two for everyone who bet Philly. They get it and they cover. Hertz was bad, but made two or three plays to help uh, to help the uh, the Eagles Look, I mean, from a first down standpoint, they were destroyed 27 to 16, 399 to 213 yards. And the time of possession was a whopping 40 minutes to 20. I mean, if you look at Jalen Hurts' game, 12 for 26, 115 yards, one touchdown and an interception. That's Tua. That's Tua kind of stuff. 
Philly really didn't do much on offense to begin with. I mean, they ran for 100 yards, 56 by Sanders, but 44 of them were by Hertz. Really didn't move the ball much. Didn't do anything through the air. Like I said, only 115 yards. Tom Brady, 34 for 42, 297, two touchdowns. Did have the one interception. Fournette, 22 for 81 and two touchdowns. Brown had a nice game, nine catches for 93 yards. You know, there was a play in this game because the NFL's been calling a lot of these unsportsmanlike conduct for taunting. And and it's happening more of the time on the defense. The weird thing is that after that, because that actually helped Tampa run the clock out. After that, like two plays later, Antonio Brown catches a pass and gets up celebrating like he just won the lotto and that's not considered taunting. So I don't understand exactly what the spirit of this rule is. Really confused. The NFL is going to have to do better with that. Dallas 35-29 over New England. The Cowboys move to 5-1. and one. Offensively right now, they're just at a different level. They put up close to 600 yards on a Bill Belichick defense. I believe I saw somewhere, I didn't confirm it, but I saw somewhere that that was the most yards that a defense, that a Bill Belichick defense has ever given up. Incredible that this game was even close. 32 to 17 first downs, 567 actually was the exact total of yards that the Cowboys got, and 445 of that was passing. 14 more minutes in time of possessions. The only reason actually this game was closed was because the Cowboys had 12 penalties for 115 yards and had the two turnovers in the end zone. And speaking of turnovers, let me speak about something before I move on from this game because this game, which was very entertaining during that 4 o'clock window and actually ended up with a walk-off touchdown from Prescott to Diggs after the Patriots had the ball first and had to punt. This game had a big play by Trayvon Diggs again, who's actually almost made it a custom right now to have a play every week that he makes to help the Cowboys. You know, the Cowboys' defense that is giving up a lot of yardage. They're just not really being affected by it because they've either been up ahead by a bunch or they figured out a way offensively similar to Kansas City the last couple of years to just allow yardage but not have it affect the game much. But Diggs had an interception return off a tip and immediately I started reading on Twitter and getting messages from my nephew who's a big my nephew my godson who's a big Eagles fan I mean you know one of those guys who is an Eagles fan and retweets everything that people put on the internet that involves the Cowboys you know one of them guys one of them guys who is more of a Cowboy hater than an Eagles fan right he sends me something that said that Diggs is on pace to give up 1,200 yards as a DB, which would be the most of anyone all time. 
First of all, that's 75 yards per game. That's three completions and one broken tackle. Let's stop right there. First of all, I never even knew that was a stat. Because if that's a stat, I clearly want to keep track of this now. Because in a league where everybody's throwing for 350 and 400 every day, somebody's got to be giving up these yards. Somebody's got to be giving up these yards. I mean, I don't remember sitting at home when I was watching guys like Lawrence Taylor dominating the game and saying to myself, boy, they ran for eight yards on that carry his way. I mean, stop. The game's about making plays. And right now, this kid Diggs is making a play that's helping the Cowboys win every, every week. So these fake stats being thrown out to knock the guy, again, I'm not saying he's a top five corner. I'm not saying he's the next coming of Deion Sanders. But in this league, you get paid for playmaking, playmaking. I know plenty of receivers who lead the league in drops and no one says a damn word because they're going for eight catches and 115 yards every game. So I'm going to leave that there in reference to Trayvon Diggs. Miami and Jacksonville went overseas to play another game. Jacksonville, who's almost made it their second home there. Jacksonville goes and finally gets their, snaps their 20-game losing streak in what was basically a, a, a little better game than I thought offensively it would be with the fact that Tua was coming back. But it doesn't shock me that the Jacksonville Jaguars end their streak when Tua comes back, right? I mean, it's just appropriate since I've been telling you now for a year and a half that he's terrible. The stats were even across the board. The Jacks tied it with about four minutes to go on a 54-yard field goal and then won it at the gun with a 53-yarder from Matthew Wright. You know, Miami is everything that I thought they were going to be. Everything that I thought they were going to be. And it started with the quarterback selection last year. Then when they moved to him as a starter, from that point on, it's been terrible. Terrible. Jacksonville, they are what they are. They are what they are. But Miami had an opportunity last year, blew it, and now they're paying the price this year. You know, one of the things that I always do that I didn't do the first couple of games here was tell you where the teams are next week. In uh, in, that for, in Tampa and Philly, Tampa is home to Chicago next week. Philly is at Vegas. The Cowboys have a bye, and the Patriots are home to the Jets. Miami is home to Atlanta, and the Jags have a bye. Green Bay, 24-14, over the Bears, the Bears kept this game close, and they played well, up 7-0, and then fell behind 17-7, but went on a 10-play 80-yard drive to start that fourth, which cut the game to 17-14, but Rodgers, who had a solid game, and when I mean solid, 
He was 17 for 23, a buck 95 and two touchdowns. Nothing spectacular, but obviously well enough to win that game. Rodgers went on a 75-yard drive culminated by a six-yard bootleg to put the game away where he let all the Bears fans know that he owns them, which he has. And he's owned many teams over the last couple of years. Fields, 16 for 27, buck 74, touchdown and an interception. Uh, Nothing really much else in terms of highlights. Adams only had four catches for Green Bay for 89 yards. The Packers are at home to Washington next week. Chicago is at Tampa. The Bengals 34-11 over Detroit. Detroit was bad, and they have been bad on offense since week two. Now, check this out. Since week one, right? Since week one, they've gone point scored-wise. 17, 17, 14, 17, and 11. With the Rams coming next. And Detroit only ran for 36 yards on 18 carry this week. What do you think they're going to do against the Rams? I mean, Detroit's been bad. And even with that, they should have beat Baltimore. A couple of weeks ago. Cincinnati's playing themselves into a playoff contender. But they have three or four games coming right now. and th- Well, actually, they have three out of four coming on the road. At the Ravens, at the Jets, the Browns, and at the Raiders. If they can figure out a way to get a split and be six and four, then they have three games at home. Pittsburgh Chargers and 49ers. Won't be easy, but if they can go 2-1, and one, they can make themselves a playoff contender. Burrow, 19 for 29, 271, three touchdowns and a pick. Mixon, 18 for 94. Cincinnati ran for 142 yards on the ground. Jamar Chase, 4 for 97. You know, Cincinnati, you have to give... Joe Burrow credit. The kid's been a winner. Won in college and came here last year. They were playing better than people thought. He got hurt. He statistically was doing great. And this year, 4-2 and and has them headed in the right direction. Cincinnati is at Baltimore. Detroit is at the Rams. The Colts, 31-3 over Houston. Let's be... Plain and simple about this game. You want to discuss how bad Houston is? They played a bad Indianapolis team. You want to hear their possessions this game? Check this out. Punt. 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 Field goal. Punt. Interception. Punt. Turnover on downs. Fumble. Interception. Game over. The ironic thing is that Indy so bad also, this game was only 10-3 at the half. And the only reason they scored that touchdown out of the half was because there was a, there was a turnover. There was an interception that gave them the short field. So it wasn't like Indy was setting the world on fire either. Houston is at Arizona. The Colts are at the 49ers. Wentz did have... I guess a solid game. I mean, he only threw the ball 20 times. He was 11 for 20 for 223 and two touchdowns. The Colts have to go to the 49ers and try to salvage their season. They're they're in this mode every week now 
because they're two and four and they're going to play a 49ers team that's in the same situation trying to salvage their season at two and three and they haven't been crisp either. So that'll be an interesting game for week seven. The Rams 38-11 over the Giants. What can we say about the Giants? Well, here, let's start here first. Stafford throws four TDs. He was 22 for 28, 251, four touchdowns and a pick. And then Danny Penny's, I guess the injury rearranged the cobwebs and reminded him of who he really is. 29 for 51, 242, and three interceptions. And add a fumble to that, right? Four turnovers, that's who he is. We knew that going in. He had he had escaped the, the turnover bug to a certain extent this year. But people always play to the back of their baseball card. That's always been a saying. And obviously, at the end of the year, it looks like he's trending in that direction again. Jones threw the ball 51 times, like I said. And listen, when is Joe Judge going to get criticized here? He had a guy coming off a concussion, throw the ball 51 times. And then when the game was clearly, clearly over and out of range, the Rams find time to go to their backup, but the Giants continue to play their starter. Like I mentioned, the starter that was coming off an injury. Cooper Cup, nine catches for a buck 30 and two touchdowns. Henderson, 21 carries for 78 yards. On the giant front, there really wasn't anything spectacular. Booker, 12 for 41. Shepard, 10 for 76. Hopefully, they get Barkley back and get a little bit more healthy. But you just never know with this team. Now, they play. Now, the Giants host Carolina. The Giants host Carolina. I'm interested to see what that line is with Carolina being on a losing streak and going on the road. The Giants might be the play this week. The Rams are home to Detroit. Kansas City 31-13 to over Washington. Stats-wise, you might think that this was a 25-point game. And that was really not the case. The game was closed throughout. But... Kansas City, stat-wise, 78 to 58. They ran 20 more plays. 29 to 15 in first downs. 499 to 276 passing. Actually, total. 390 to 182 passing. But here, the issue right now with Kansas City is a very clear one. They're just not sharp. They're just not sharp. And it begins with Patrick Mahomes. You know, Mahomes is on pace to have over 20 interceptions this year. That's Eli Manning territory. But it's his decision-making that's questionable. I mean, he had a play in this game where he fumbled the ball and he just launched the ball up in the air with two hands like he was getting rid of a hot potato with them pushing to score. I mean, they have a secure three and he's just giving the ball away. And they're three and three right now. It's not like they're terrible, you know, but he's just not playing well enough right now to cover up the mistakes that the defense uh, will make and makes because they're an average, they're a below average defense, actually. You know, similar to how I mentioned before, right now, Prescott 
and that offense is covering up the amount of yardage that the Cowboys are giving up. That and the fact that the Cowboys are getting big play turnovers, right? So even though they're giving up yardage, they're getting they're making a lot of plays defensively to mask some of the stuff that they're doing. Washington's not doing that. And because they're not doing that, they need the offense to cover up those mistakes. Well, guess what? The offense is not covering up their mistakes. They're actually adding fuel to the fire. And that's that's a major issue right now for Kansas City. Kansas City is going to Tennessee next week. That's going to be a tough game. And Washington will be traveling to Green Bay. Minnesota 34 to 28 over Carolina. Minnesota up 12-10 at the half when Carolina blocked the punt and returned it for a touchdown to take a 17 to 12 lead. But the Vikings answered right back with two touchdowns in a minute 36. Cook scored and then off a fumble on the first play, Cousins to Thielen, 25 to 17 lead. But here's what drove me crazy. The chasing of the points. On both those touchdowns, they went for two both times. They went for two both times. And they left two points on the table. One of them, one point, would have not sent this game to overtime. Chasing points. Analytics at its finest. Carolina tied it with a touchdown and a two-point conversion. And then Minnesota missed a 47-yarder to send the game into overtime. But then in overtime, uh, Cousins to Osborne and the Vikings, who have more lives than a cat, moved to 3-3. Three and three. Minnesota's schedule gets hard the next four games. Home to Dallas, at the Ravens, at the Chargers, and home to Green Bay. Carolina is on a three-game losing streak, and they are on the road the next two games at the Giants and at Atlanta. Their schedule is easy, but they will lose this weekend if they're not careful. Triangle Inc. Triangle Inc. is the leading manufacturer in the screen printing industry, delivering the finest inks for over 35 years. Check them out at TriangleInc.com or call them at 1-800-524-1592. Paramus Driving School. Safety and professionalism begins with Paramus Driving School. Serving the North Jersey area like no other. Contact them at ParamusDrivingSchool.com or call them at 201-986-8300. Verona Wine Cellars, located on 360 Bloomfield Avenue in Verona, provides top-of-the-line alcohol, especially wines, for any occasion and any price range. Stop in and tell my guy, Art. Pete Patel, that Sergio Rodriguez sent you. Verona Wine Cellars. We continue with the NFL. And we continue in Baltimore, where the Ravens beat the Chargers 34-6. The Ravens finally showed up and played some defense. But I'm sure the West Coast team traveling east to play a 1 p.m. game Hurt the Chargers a little. It just had to. Baltimore's 5-1, and one, but I think I'm the only one who thinks they are an above-average team. The Ravens, who avoided some losses early, do have an easy schedule now. 
the rest of the season moving forward. Cincinnati, Minnesota, at Miami, at Chicago, Cleveland, at Pittsburgh, at Cleveland. You know, they can win 13 games and be the one seed, which then will obviously eliminate all the excuses for Lamar Jackson in the playoffs, I assume. Although I still believe that when push comes to shove, if you can defend and make him play from behind, it ain't going to happen. All of a sudden, they want to tell me that he can play from behind now because he's had a couple of comebacks against the damn Colts who stink and because they beat the, the Chiefs who gave that game away. Another, a, a Chiefs defense that's, that would you know give up 400 yards to Alabama. So I don't want to hear that. I don't want to hear that. The Chargers have a bye, but they are starting, but but they're staring at four wins. If you really want to be, if you really want to be creative with their schedule right here and really look at it, the Chargers off the bye have the Pats at Philly, Minnesota, and Pitt. So three out of four at home, and the only road game is Hurts. You should be able to get this done. The Ravens are home to Cincinnati. And like I said, the Chargers have a bye. Arizona 37 to 14 over Cleveland. Mayfield hurt in this game. Has a torn labrum. It's probably going to keep him out. In fact, it's definitely going to keep him out of the Denver game. I don't know how much longer he's going to be out. Maybe if this wasn't a short week, he would play because they play on Thursday. But he's definitely out this week. Cleveland also played without Chubb uh, this game, and Hunt got hurt. They lost him to a leg injury in this game also. Arizona's playing really well right now, and here's a clear indication of when a team is playing well, they find a way to win. So in this game, Kyler Murray was 20 for 30, 229. He did throw for four touchdowns. But he only ran for about six yards. Arizona went in there and beat Cleveland at their own game. They outrushed them 144 to 73. And like I said, Murray, who's normally, you know, when they show up those those prolific rushing numbers over 100, it's usually because Murray has 40 or 50 of them. He only ran for six. Add in the three Cleveland turnovers, and there goes your blowout. I was shocked by this score. I really thought that Cleveland would win this game. I really did. I I, I really, I really did. I didn't pick them in my picks, but I thought they would win this game. I really did. Mayfield, 19 for 28, 234, two touchdowns and a pick. Uh, Hunt, 14 for 66 before he left the game with an injury. Arizona, 6-0, home to Houston. Cleveland, home to Denver on Thursday night. The Raiders, 34-24 over Denver. And look, Denver statistically should have won this game, but they had four turnovers, three of them interceptions from Bridgewater, who normally is very efficient with the ball. The game was 7-7, but got away from Denver in the second quarter when they went INT, punt, 
punt, punt, and punt out of the half to fall behind 24-7. They don't have that type of an offense. And you have to do enough to at least give your defense a shot. Now, Denver's defense is good, but they're not great. You can't keep on throwing them out on the field and expect them to, you know, to pitch a shutout. It's just not going to happen. Denver had more first downs in this game, 25 to 16. They controlled the time of possession, 35 to 25. But they just could not muster up enough offense to cover up the turnovers. They had two guys almost go for 100. Fant, 97 yards receiving. Sutton had 94. Bridgewater threw for 334. He was 35 for 49, but those three interceptions, my Lord. Carr, 18 for 27, 341 and two touchdowns. Continues to have a nice season. Ruggs, three catches for 97 and a touchdown. Explosive, explosive player if you can get him the ball out in space. The Raiders are home to the Eagles. Denver is at Cleveland on Thursday night. You can get this one if you're Denver. You can get this one. Short week, even though the road teams normally tend to struggle on Thursday night, they can get this one. They're going to be playing a banged-up Cleveland team that's going to have really no identity going into that game. Pittsburgh, 23-20. to over the Seahawks pit up 14 nothing almost let this game get away. The offense was bad after that start. And Seattle give them credit with Geno Smith, they played well out of the half. They played well out of the half. Whatever adjustments they made work. Game went into overtime tied at 20. TJ Watt, one of the better players in this league, I believe as much as he's gets paid, he's still underrated. He's that good. Big play, big strip of Geno Smith in the overtime to set up the Steelers for the game-winning field goal. The Steelers aren't going anywhere, but that play by Watts will keep them relevant for a couple of more weeks, right? Because they have the bye, and then obviously, you know, they'll have a couple of games that they can, if they can middle it and hang around 500, they'll give their fans something to watch. Seattle's 2-4, and four, and has two very winnable games coming up, which they have to win if they're going to have some semblance of a season. They're home to the Saints and the Jags. If they can get to 4-4, four and four, hopefully they can get Wilson back for the Packers game, and then at that point, you know, you never know. If you have Wilson playing, you're going to always have a shot. Roethlisberger, 29 for 40, 229 and a touchdown. Harris, 24 carries, 81 yards. Seattle, Collins, who's coming off the bench to play there with the injury to Carson, 20 carries for 101. Geno Smith, 23 for 32, 209, and a touchdown. Next week, Seattle, home to the Saints, like we said on Monday night. That should be a doozy Monday night game. Can't believe we forced to watch Seattle Two weeks in a row in primetime games with Geno Smith quarterbacking. And Pittsburgh, like we said, has a bye. Tennessee, 34-31 over Buffalo. And Buffalo's going to kick themselves in the butt the entire season for this game because these are the games that lose you home field advantage and the one seed. 
Forget about the fourth and one quarterback sneak at the end of the game where they could have, you know, at worst tied the game if they just decided to kick the field goal. They went for the win, quarterback sneak, and Allen doesn't get it. They had 28 to 16 lead or uh, first down advantage, I should say. 335 to, t- to 216 passing. And at the time of possession, even though they gave up 146 yards rushing, but to be fair, 76 of those yards came on one run by Henry. One run. So the rest of the game, they held Henry in check. Buffalo should win six in a row. Now, looking at their schedule before they play Tampa on December 12th, because they have Miami at the Jags at the Jets. Indy at the Saints and the Patriots. I mean, at worst, they're going five and one. At worst, they're going five and one. But in my opinion, they should be 10 and two going into that game with Tampa. Buffalo has a bye this week. Tennessee is home to Kansas City. Stan Sports Center. Stan Sports Center is your local full service authorized team dealer for all of your favorite sports brands. Family owned and operated, Stans has proudly supplied apparel, uniforms, equipment, varsity jackets, and much more for the entire tri-state area since 1946. Find them online at stansportctr.com and contact them today for your sporting goods needs. The Sergio Rodriguez gambling portion of the show, obviously sponsored by Stan Sports. And Stan Sports is going to be very angry because we are 18 and 18 on the season. That is terrible for me. I know a lot of guys will go on and brag about the fact that they're hovering around 500. To me, this is terrible. I'm embarrassed. I'm almost embarrassed to put out my picks for week seven. This week... The buys, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, Dallas, Jacksonville, Minnesota, and the Chargers. We go to Thursday night where Cleveland is a three and a half point favorite and the totals 42 and a half. If you're betting something, bet the under. There's nothing else you could really, you really want to touch in this game because you don't know what you're going to get from Cleveland with Mayfield not playing. Although I'm sure Odell Beckham will play well now because he's the reason why Mayfield struggles. Baltimore is a six and a half point favorite at home over Cincinnati. If I had to take somebody there, I'm taking Cincinnati plus the points. Carolina's a three point favorite at the Giants. The line is trending to be an under. But I like the Giants in that game. I really do. I really do. I like the Giants in that game. Green Bay is a nine and a half point favorite over Washington. Green Bay gets it done. They'll figure out a way to win this game. Washington offensively is just such an enigma. And defensively, they stink. They stink. Even when they make a couple of plays and Kansas City tries, tries to lose the game with turnover after turnover, They still gave up 30-something points to Kansas City. Kansas City, speaking of them, 
is a five and a half point favorite on the road and the total's 57 and a half. I don't think Kansas City's good enough right now to be a five and a half point favorite on the road against any team over 500. Take Tennessee. Atlanta's a two and a half point favorite on the road against Miami. Miami will get off the schneid. Take Miami and the points. New England is a seven point favorite at home against the Jets. 42 and a half is the total. I like the Jets in this game. Coming off the bye, New England's offense is not very good. And the Jets' defense is very competitive. I'm not, I'm not going to lay seven points with New England's offense. I would not do that. The Rams are a 15-point favorite. The total's 50 and a half on the road. Detroit, here's how the and here's how gambling works, right? So Detroit's been terrible on defense, on offense. I mentioned to you 17 points is the most they've scored. I mean, they've been bad. Now they play one of the better defenses in the NFL. So you're expecting them to score under 17 points a game. Bet the over in this game. I guarantee you Detroit goes over 20. The Rams are going to win comfortably, but Detroit will go over 20 and carry that total over the 50 and a half. Las Vegas is a three and a half point favorite over Philly. It's a weird line. It's almost like they're begging you to bet Las Vegas in this game. That, that line should be over. I would tell you to stay away from this game. Tampa is a 12 and a half point favorite at home versus Chicago. It's a lot of points, but Chicago just struggles to score. And, you know, Tampa Bay's at least going to get their share. If I had to bet somebody, probably going to have to go with Tampa. 12 and a half is a lot of points in the NFL, but you have to do it if you're going to do it. Arizona is an 18 and a half point favorite. 18 and a half point favorite at home versus Houston. Stay away from that game. You know, and I'm looking at this. The 4 o'clock window for the NFL is just terrible. If you have to water your grass or do something, do it at 4 o'clock. I'm like, Lord, look at these games. The Rams-Detroit, double digits. Vegas-Philly. I mean, you're going to get a bad quarterback in Hurts and a Vegas team where the biggest storyline is they fired the coach two weeks ago or he resigned, quote-unquote. Chicago-Tampa, double-digit spread. Arizona-Houston, double-digit spread. I mean, the 4 o'clock window is terrible. The games this week are just bad. Think about it. What game are you going to say there, oh, I have to watch this game? Unless you're a fan of any of these teams, Denver-Cleveland garbage. Cincy-Baltimore, I guess, okay, might be the best game of the day. Carolina-Giants, terrible green bay washington damn near a double digit spread kansas city tennessee i mean okay i mean it looks more enticing on paper but atlanta miami the jets new england wow i didn't even realize this until i started going down this list what a bad week of football we're getting and it continues san fran is a four-point favorite at home versus Indianapolis in the night game on Sunday night. And then the Monday night game, the Saints are a five-point favorite. The total's 43.5 against Seattle. 
This might be the worst slate of football games I have ever seen in a week. There's not one game that I'm like, okay, this is the marquee game. Kansas City, Tennessee, and Cincinnati, Baltimore is as good as it gets. Wow. If it wasn't because of fantasy football, people probably wouldn't even watch football this week or the fact that they're a fan of those teams. This is terrible. Terrible, terrible, terrible. This is what begins to happen with the bye weeks. You get all these all these teams that are just causing weird and bad matchups for the league. Next week, definitely an NBA preview because we need to do that. The NBA season just kicked off. The Lakers lost on opening night. So did the Nets. Milwaukee got celebrated for their championship. We're definitely going to do an an NBA preview next week. And obviously week seven of the NFL and hopefully we have some clarity in baseball. We can do a little World Series preview for the 2021 MLB season. Remember that you've been listening to the Sergio Rodriguez show, a show unlike any other.